Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Welcome, coaster enthusiasts. We're going to take a bit of a different look to the parks today because today we're going to take a photographic journey of Kings Island with Barry Hill from River Shore Creative. Barry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. This will be fun. But you're not alone. Would you mind introducing John and maybe give us a little background about where you guys met? So John Keeter is the ultimate super fan of this park. So the short story is I was talking to um, the merchandise guy at the park about doing the book. It's like, you, you know, you guys ought to do a coffee table book because, you know, Evan's book had sold so well. And I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, and he said, funny, you should mention that, you know, there's this guy who brought up this idea sometime back and he really is interested in doing something like that. And he's got everything the park has ever done, you know, over the past 50 years. So that's how I got in touch with John Keeter and uh, they weren't kidding. John's got everything the park has done for the past 50 years. So he's been great. So John, how do you feel about being set up by the park? Uh, set up by the park? Uh, well, I guess I've been an annoyance to him for so many years <laughs> that my name, my name just rings a bell when people are asking about people that have Kings Island stuff. No, it, it's great. It's an honor. Through the ages, there have been a lot of amazing people that have worked at Kings Island that I've gotten to know. So I consider them all friends. And so, um, you know, anytime they bring up my name or bring up, I bring up their name, I get a smile on my face. Good people. So maybe your origin story at Kings Island, what, what, uh, what made you concentrate on Kings Island? Is that just where you grow up? Me personally, John, um, I... Yeah. Uh, no, I did not grow up there. As a matter of fact, it's quite ironic because I grew up in Virginia and I'm old school. Um, I lived in near Williamsburg, Virginia. I actually went to Bush Gardens the year it opened, first year it operated. Mm -hmm. um, my dad took me and my brother and my sister. And a few years later, we went to King's Dominion. So I went to King's Dominion a long time before I ever went to Kings Island. My sister moved to Ohio to go to college in the late 70s. She was quite a bit older than I. And then she very quickly got married and had a baby. And we went up there one summer to visit her when she had had my nephew. And while we were there, my dad said, hey, let's go to Kings Island. So he took my mom and I to Kings Island. And that was my first time. Early 80s, and the brand new attraction that year was the bat. So that was my first introduction to Kings Island. Wow, that's pretty amazing. The bat's a, a uh, credit that not a lot of people have. Well, that's the funny part of the story, because I don't have the credit. I was too afraid to write it that day. And then on subsequent <laughs> oh, trips oh. back, it was always closed. So it's my it's my white whale. It, so, so what got you psyched about Kings Island? Uh, more than these other parks that you went to? Quite honestly, it was because of the bat. Um, I had a very special moment with my father. My father loved parks and he would take us to, you know, a lot of different parks. My mom didn't, you know, she was into other things, but my dad loved parks. And, you know, prior to going to Kings Island, like when we had gone to, you know, Bush Gardens or had gone to Kings Dominion, 
you know, I think I rode the Scooby-Doo when we went to King's Island or King's Dominion in 79. And I, you know, I was like, I'll never get on another one of those again. And then we went to King's Island and there was something about that park. I've always said that I get a feeling from that park that I've never gotten anywhere else. But during the course of that day, we went to the back of the park and there was the bat and I couldn't figure it out. You know, as a novice, I didn't understand. It looked like it was upside down. You know, the cars were underneath it, underneath the track, and I couldn't understand it. And there was a guy sitting on there welding it when we first got there, welding one of the the braces. Um, And so uh, anyways, I'm being long-winded here, but bottom line, I couldn't figure it out. So my dad was an engineer. He was an electrical engineer and worked for NASA. And he stood me back there and explained the bat to me. He said, well, this is what, how it works. And this is, you know, he more or less talked to me as an adult about that. And that was a big moment for me and my dad. And I couldn't get enough from that point forward. I was obsessed. And, you know, I, within a matter of weeks, was riding the Loch Ness Monster. And then begging to go to King's Dominion and the rest is history. I love it. I love it. Well, you've definitely painted your passion. That's for sure. So, so Barry, when you uh, stepped in and was decided to help co-author, is that, is that correct? Yeah. John's like probably the main, I use the main contributor because most of the stuff that's in the book came from his huge collection. So how did you decide what even, I mean, where do you even start with a book? Because I can tell by looking at the book that it's definitely a coffee table book, like the kind of book that you set out and people see when they come over uh, for, you know, just around the house. Yeah. I mean, 50 years of a park, it's a long time. And so, I mean, where do you start? So you're looking for, uh, you're looking for resources, you know, does the park have any uh, materials? And a lot of these parks don't have much, um, Sadly enough, you know, a lot of the changes in ownership over the decades, you know, the new people come in and, and they basically say, throw that old crap out. We need the room for, you know, for something else. Uh, so can you find stuff, you know, in the park? Can you find individuals who were there at the beginning uh, and through the years that have, um, you know, just pieces of of um, PR stuff, merchandise, um, you know, maps and things like that, whatever, uh, photographs. Um, and in this case, you know, John was the ultimate gold mine, right? Because he's got so much stuff uh, from the park over the years. So that was, you know, the biggest uh, source. Um, the park let me uh, dig through their archives. They do have lots of stuff, uh, actually, which is great. It was kind of kind of funny. A lot of it's, you know, digitized or just stacks of photos and concept art and stuff like that. So I took my laptop, my scanner and just started going through everything. And they were great. They were very nice. And they put the word out that there's this like book project going on. And did anybody have stuff in their offices, you know? And I'm not sure people really knew exactly what what was going on, but they kept bringing in these boxes of things, right? And stuff that would never go in a book. But um, we have the head. Is the character the great Houdini uh, from Phantom Manor? Is that correct? So mm-hmm. someone has the head from the animatronic. Um, there was a front plate like um, uh, on on John's wall. There he's got his special uh, head of the bat, um, you know, uh, coaster car. Well, someone brought in the um, the front end of the Beastie uh, from back in the day and whatever. So they just brought all this stuff, you know, which was great. Um, and then I guess the final big source, there were others along the way, but the final big source was Gary Watts. I mean, he was, obviously, he's the the guy who made the park happen. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. 
and just an unbelievably nice guy, huge cheerleader for this project. And I got to spend a lot of time with him and going through his materials. He's still got the original documents that he wrote proposing to move the park, you know, from Coney to, uh, you know, to Kings Island, all those documents that he put together as a 20 some year old trying to convince, you know, um, these people at this company, like we need to build a new park, you know, so fascinating stuff to go through. Wow. Wow. So how did you get access to the parks archives? They just said, Hey, come on over, bring a scanner, bring the computer. We'll go back in the closet and pull out all the old stuff. Yeah. Well, um, Steve Ryan is the head of merchandise there. And I'd gotten to know him through Evan Ponstingle's book, you know, Kings Island, a ride through time, uh, which I had published and that's been on sale in the park, you know, uh, storage for the last what year, year and a half, a couple of years now, almost. Um, and you know, what I mentioned to Steve, this idea of a photo book, he connected me with John and, and I said, well, you gotta have stuff <laughs> there, you know, I mean, can I dig through? He said, oh yeah, come on. You know? So it was a year ago, January, actually, um, you know, went up there and I keep saying up there. It's, it's funny. I'm from North Carolina. So I keep thinking Kings Island is like North from here. It's actually a little Southwest cause I'm in Hershey, right? Uh, Pennsylvania, but anyhow. Um, so yeah, they've got, uh, again, a lot of stacks of things and, uh, a lot of documents they've digitized, um, begun to organize whatever. So they've got ride blueprints and construction drawings and things like that. And he said, yeah, just, you know, here you go. Here's, you know, here's the stuff and see what you can get and go from there. So they were very accommodating. So John, did you get to go with him to dig through the archives? I did not go with them to dig through the archives, but that was one of the greatest days of my king's island enthusiasm because barry was kind enough to meet me at um, dennis spiegel's office i don't know if you know who dennis spiegel is he's the president of international theme park services and he's been in the business for years and gary walks himself came to the office that day so i got to rifle through some artifacts at dennis's office and meet mr gary walks and um that's the day I'll never forget. And I, I have Barry to thank for that. You know, Gary started the park. Dennis was uh, kind of like a right-hand man uh, getting King's Island started. Dennis is the one who built King's Dominion. He's the most, he's got to be the most colorful guy in this industry. You know, he just loves this business. And if you go into his office, it's just stacked with all this stuff everywhere. You know, he's just a great fun guy. So they've been great. Hard to turn him off. He loves to talk because he's got stories, you know. so That's great. Stories you know, are the best. You don't want to turn them off. You know, it's like, hey, Dennis, man, what about this? You know, so and you get those guys together in a room over lunch. Oh, man. You know, just let them go. It's awesome. And talk about great stuff. Dennis Spiegel had one of the most amazing pieces in his office that I ever I've ever seen. He had one of the shovels that they broke ground with to build Kings Island. He has it hanging on his wall. So that was pretty cool to see. So were you wanting to get your camera out and get pictures with everything like you standing in front of the shovel? <laughs> oh, I did get my camera out and take pictures of everything. Yes, most definitely. Uh, okay. So I don't so you got all this stuff. I'm picturing just hundreds of pictures, hundreds of blueprints, all this stuff. How in the world do you boil all that down into some to a book? Yeah, it's hard. Right. Because you do have hopefully you have lots of stuff to choose from and you're trying to find things that represent different generations of the park. Um, and I think that worked out pretty well, because whether you're one of the original people who remembered Coney Island 
you know, uh, from the beginning, because there's a whole you know chapter on Coney uh, photos and documents and stuff, uh, or whether you just started going, you know, five years ago or whatever. There's stuff there that um, that you can connect with. And so just trying to find representative things, hopefully finding some photos that people haven't seen, um, you know, before. I think we succeeded in, in some of that, or at least some pieces that you haven't seen very often, you know. Uh, so, uh, and it's fun. I mean, it's just great fun going through this stuff and and uh, just sifting through the through history, you know. So how did you guys do it remote? I'm picturing John's got this big archive of all this stuff, but yet you're, sounds like you're pretty far away. So how did you work together? Well, so John, uh, he goes through his storage unit <laughs> and pulls out all the stuff. He's he's just scanning things and sending them to me. So I've got just folders and folders full of things. Um, and I'll go through and I'll I'll pick some stuff out. And and he's my historical reference. It's like, so was this ride there at, you know, the time of whatever? Do I have the right name for this ride? And I'm the one putting the book together, actually. So everything in the book is scanned from some document or photo or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> wow. just, but just quick, like the cover of the book is a beautiful piece of artwork. I mean, it's just amazing, right? So that piece, it, the original is hanging on Gary's wall in his house. And it was done. Um, that's one of the stages of doing concepts for the park before it opened. So you sketch out a basic idea of the park, you do it 50 times, and then you keep getting detailed. And so this is an artist who, um, it's obviously not an architectural rendering, but it gives you a pretty good idea of what the park is going to look like. They use it to help, you know, sell investors or whatever for this kind of a project. Um, and so uh, that's a special piece, just because um, at the at, after they opened the park, uh, they gave Gary that. It's like, here, you know take this and it's just gorgeous so it's a perfect uh cover piece but yeah everything in there is a piece of artwork uh a photo or some graphic or document or something uh from the park well that's even more impressive if you didn't have to recreate anything or go back that's pretty amazing so john what was your favorite section of the book to work on you know there's a lot that didn't make it in there but there were certain things i I just knew, oh, it's got to have a big section with my personal favorite, the bat. But also there's some key ingredients in there. Like I've always said that the heart of Kings Island is the carousel. So it was very important, you know, that there's just a beautiful picture of the carousel because that park is so lucky to have that. It's just a work of art. Um, but also... And they've the redone it recently too. They have, and they have taken such good care of that carousel, rightfully so. But also things long gone by, um, Enchanted Voyage, you know, younger generations that go to the park now don't really remember that ride or aren't familiar with it. But old school folks, that's one of the things I most vividly recall when I went that first time with my parents is the Enchanted Voyage. So there are several sections in the book that are my favorite that I love. But I'll be honest with you, the most touching part to me is the dedication to Mr. Walks. And I'm so glad that Mr. Spiegel and Tom Kempton, the former, the first PR manager for Kings Island, um, dedicated that book to Mr. Walks because, like I said earlier, it was such an amazing day to meet him and to know that the genesis of that park rests with this one guy when he was 20 years old, you know, that convinced his dad, hey, we need to build a new one. Um, 
So I think the most special and poignant part of the book is the dedication to Mr. Wags and his foreword that he wrote. What about you, Barry? When you read that dedication, were you impressed? Oh, yeah. It's really been touching, you know, spending time with Gary and Dennis and Tom Kempton. Um, these guys love each other. You know, they they go back, you know, 50, 60 plus years, you know, and um, they were at the very you know, ground level of this whole, you know, the whole regional theme park boom really kind of exploded in the um, late 60s, early 70s was the biggest uh, expansion, right? And so they were in the middle of all this. They're just making it up as they went along because there's no rule book. You know, there's it's like, okay, let's just try stuff. Um, and they had a lot of fun along the way. Things went well. Some things didn't go so well. They laugh it off and keep going, you know, and uh, just watching these guys they are just such close friends. You know, it's just amazing. The book was fun. Uh, love doing it. But the biggest takeaway uh, are these friendships, um, you know, with Gary and, and, and those guys and John, you know, so this is a people business, right? You know, this whole park business, it's all about people. And most of these parks understand that not all of them anymore, but a lot of them do. Right. And you just got to love what you do and, and, uh, enjoy doing it together. You know? So I think John mentioned something about some pieces that had to cut out. What was the hardest thing for you to have to cut out of the book? I always love uh, blueprints and ride drawings and things like that, you know, because everyone has pictures of rides and stuff like that, you know, but to get the actual uh, stuff. So there, I mean, there's some in there, there's a lot more, you know, uh, that didn't make it. So uh, that's always a, a hard call. And I think probably a couple things got a little more attention than the others, you know, the bat was probably one of them, but that was probably uh, well-deserved, you know, um, and there's just some neat little drawings and, and, uh, you know, backroom details uh, of attractions like that, that uh, I think most people have never seen before, you know, so those little treasures are really cool. But yeah, there's more on the floor, you know, it's all the way it always is. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, unfortunately, uh, cut some stuff. So what about, uh, you know how you got a picture and you're trying to cut it to fit and then it just never works right? I'm thinking about these blueprints and did you have to cutting blueprints because when you shrunk them to fit in the book, they just did not look right or something like that. Yeah. You take, a, I mean, the blueprints are huge, right. You know, so you shrink that down, you can't see anything. So if you go through the book, you'll find these are sections uh, of, of prints, you know, there's a great, um, there's a great uh, layout of, um, of son of beast. Right. And it's cool because it's got all these handwritten notations about, I don't remember the details, you know, just some engineers gone through there and, and marked up things so that they could go out in the field and figure out what they had to do with it. Right. And so I've got a nice section of that, but it's just, you know, it's a section of it, but you want to make sure you can, you can see that. Right. Um, I've got pieces of uh, Phantom Theater, you know, uh, in there, which is very cool. So the book is a large format book, you know, so the larger the size, the, the, the bigger you can do this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and yet, it's still, you know, you're still constrained, you know, by the size. So you're trying to find materials and find representative samples of the stuff that you can open it up and look at and you can, you know, you can understand it, you can read it and you go, wow, that's still really cool. Wonder what the rest of it is like, you know. What about you, John? Anything that uh, you wish could have made it that didn't? No, I think the book very well encompasses the park through history. And what I love about it and Barry is to be commended on his work on this book with the layout and telling the story visually and piecing that together because there's something for everyone no matter when you started going to king's island 
it's, you know, it follows those generational changes through the park. Now, obviously, there's some things that don't make it in, as Barry was mentioning. Um, and that's because of space, a multitude of reasons. You may not have a, a great picture, a high-res picture of every single ride that was there or something. So there are some things that maybe, you know, didn't get some attention, like um, the old uh, Kenton's Cove Keelboat Canal. I, I think there's only one little tiny shot, and it's not even the focus of the shot where that shows up. It's the old aerial hydro flume that they built at the park. But no, um, all in all, it's it's such an amazing book. And again, Barry's just to be commended for, you know, putting that together and the look and feel of it. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Do you, and you know, do you know about how many pictures made it? Oh, no, I didn't count. <laughs> I think it's over 400, isn't it? It's several hundred. Well, I had to count because I had to go through the lawyers with Cedar Fair, but I don't remember now. It's, yeah, it's several hundred. And you know, there's some dude out there screaming right now saying, oh, I have a picture of that ride. What's wrong? <laughs> It'll, no. Yeah, there's stuff out there. You know, the trick is just making the connection and knowing, you know, where it is and who to find it, you know, that kind of thing. So just the way this stuff goes. Well, walk me a little bit down the timeline because you guys are making this sound so easy for everybody listening in, but I know it was probably a huge endeavor. So Barry, when you started working on the book, about how long did it take you to compile and get all this stuff? It's several months of um, once you have an idea of what you're doing and that you have a green light that you think you can actually you know, proceed and that the park is um is got a green light. It's like, yes, you know, we're we're gonna go along with this. Um, then it's several months of just, you know, digging through stuff, you know. And so John is scanning madly away, you know, at his house, you know, uh sending me stuff and then um uh, taking, you know, trips up, you know, out to Cincinnati to go to the park. And they're just taking time to, you know, you have to think about how how do you want to tell the story, you know, visually. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of text history in there, but it's mainly a visual, you know, product. So it just takes time to try ideas. You go through different iterations of design, just the look and feel uh, of a book like this or whatever. And then, I mean, there was a long gap. The book was basically pretty much done. Uh, and then we were waiting for Cedar Fair because they'd never done a book like this. So it's like, well, we don't know what to do with this because you're using our, because all these materials, most of these materials were originally part produced, right? You know, it may be in John's collection, but it was like a, a park brochure or whatever. And so they're saying, well, we don't really know what to do with this just yet because we've never done that. So we'll let our lawyers look at it. Well, that took several months because, as it turned out, that was the same time I think they were busy selling a piece of property in California <laughs> that most people heard about you know, this past year. So anyhow, so it's tied up uh, with other things. Yeah, tied up with other yeah sad things, selling parks, which is not good. But um Anyhow, it's different. Um, it's not as long, not nearly as long and difficult as writing uh, an in-depth history or something. You know, like my regional um, park history book took, you know, years to put that together because that's just digging through sources and and whatever. It takes much longer to write a, uh, a work like that. I don't know if it gives you an idea or not, but any you know, run ideas by John, it's like, hey, uh, you know, give me perspective. John, does this look okay? You know, and He'll tell me, you know, yes, no, whatever, just how it goes. So John, how excited were you when you got the first thing to review? Cause you'd had this idea you'd been talking about it and bugging the park for so long. You finally get the first pages to review that had to be like some type of special moment. Yeah, it was amazing. And 
you know, just to see it, you know, on screen, you know, and seeing it coming to fruition. Obviously, it was a long time coming, as you said. I first went to the park. I went to Don Helbig, the PR director at Kings Island, back in 2017 and said, why hasn't anybody ever done a book? And, you know, you know time marches on and the idea kind of grew and grew and grew. And then they put me in touch with Barry. And I will tell you, I didn't have the talent to put a book together. You know, I said, I, I've got my stuff. I've got the, the memories and I've got the historical knowledge, but I can't publish a book. I can't put, you know, a layout together. So Barry, when he first gave me the link um, to see what he was working on with that book, obviously in the very early stages, I mean, I could have turned cartwheels through my house here. It was it was a good day. And then when you get a book, at you know, the physical book arrives, there's nothing like it. You know, when you've got a completed project, whatever it is, you know, it's just pretty special. Before we uh, take off, is there any anything challenge wise or excitement or something we didn't touch on that you want to walk us to? Challenge wise, I don't I don't think so. Um Maybe just a final word about, you know, Gary is just head over heels uh, over this project. He's just so happy to see this come together. And um, and uh, he's just been the biggest cheerleader uh, for this project. So uh, shout out to you, Gary, uh, for all this. Um, but, you know, along the these lines, I mean, if there are other parks that are interested in doing a similar kind of a project, you know, why not? Let's do it, you know, because a lot of these parks... You know, we're we're selling T-shirts and that kind of stuff every year, but to to pull together the history, um, which is the part I'm interested in. You know, I love the 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 origin stories of these parks and how did they come about and why were they themed and designed the way they were that fit, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, and fit Williamsburg, Virginia. You know, these are all very differently themed kinds of uh, playgrounds. And, and then what happened to them, you know, over the years or whatever. And so just documenting that and capturing that there's a zillion books on Disney, you know, that's done that with the Disney parks, which is great. Right. So let's do more of that, you know, with these regional parks, especially as we're beginning to lose some of them along the way. Right. We've already lost some really special parks in the last 20, 30 years. Right. So we've lost Astroworld. We've lost Opryland. We're going to lose a great America which was one of the two fabulous Marriott parks from 1976, you know? Um, and uh, so let's, let's get busy, you know, dig through the file cabinets and see what we can find, you know? So park people, let's do it. So uh, where can they find the book? So the book has been on sale at the park uh, in the park shops and online. So uh, go to their online store. You can uh, get a copy there. Uh, as of March 1st, um, I'll have uh, a few copies I can sell from my site, rivershorecreative.com. So um, I've got other stuff there. So if you love regional parks and history and things like that, you can uh, check that out. Pick up a copy of this book. Uh, don't forget to get a copy of Evan's uh, book, you know, Kings Island, A Ride Through Time, uh, which was the first ever history book of Kings Island and then just gives you the complete detailed story. Uh, you know, from beginning until now. So well done. Well, John and Barry, thank you for walking us through this creative endeavor. I can't even begin to imagine how much work it was. And I'll, I'll leave links in the show notes to both Kings Island and your website. So if they'd like to learn more, they can click on the show notes and follow along. 
Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you having us. Thank you. Been an honor. And now that we heard how John and Barry created the book, I am lucky enough to have Don Hilbig here, Area Manager for Digital Marketing at Kings Island, to tell me a little bit about how the two got together in the first place. So, Don, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So, I heard you may have played a part in them meeting each other. Yeah, uh, John Keeter approached me in 2017, and I, John and I go back to, you know, late 80s, early 1990s when uh, he first became uh, involved with Ace and was visiting Kings Island, you know, quite a bit coming up from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so he approached me and he said, hey, you know, five years from now, your 50th anniversary is coming up. What are your thoughts on some kind of a Kings Island coffee table book? You know, I'd love to do it. Uh, you know, for John, this would have been a, um, you know, a labor of passion for him because he just loves the park. And I thought it was a fantastic idea. Uh, so to get the wheels in motion, uh, you know, we needed to talk to our merchandise department who would be selling the book and that. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, Barry was involved with another book project uh, for Kings Island, A Ride Through Time. So from that point, our merch department and John kind of, and uh, you know, they got together to, uh, you know, introduce John to Barry from that point. And then they took it from there. But there were some delays along the way, you know, COVID came about. So there were some roadblocks and things that, uh, you know, they had to overcome. But, uh, you know, the then result, uh, just a beautiful 200 page uh, book. Yeah. And for your park, I mean, that's got to be something special for you guys, right? It really is, you know, and, and the book really depicts uh, the 50 year history of Kings Island. Uh, you know, it goes back to really before that, you can almost go back 60 years when uh, the ideals were first coming about that they had to move Coney Island to Kings Island. So it kind of starts from that point and a lot of construction pictures of the park, a lot of pictures that have never been seen before are in this book. Uh, John had collected, you know, press releases from, you know, throughout the park's history for the most part. He had a lot of great photos, uh, some different people donated some photos. I had some photos that I, I contributed and, uh, you know, it really walks you through from 1972 uh, to 2022. He mentioned uh, that there was quite a few uh, other people at Kings Island that even almost took a walk down memory lane of bringing in their memorabilia, not not so much as a museum per se, but definitely as a show and tell. Exactly. A lot of pictures and uh, a lot of storytelling. And, you know, a lot of people came to the forefront as this book was coming about to really help John out with that. And, uh, you know, everybody that, uh, you know, he encountered, and there's just thousands of people that just have this big love, of, love affair with Kings Island, uh, you know, over the past 50 years. So everybody was happy to to contribute what they had to help John out. And did you run into any challenges um, with uh, corporate, I guess, uh, when you try to get him access to the vault? Not really. You know, I had the, the keys to the vault for a lot of the pictures. Uh, he already had quite a few himself. So, I mean, it wasn't like without us, he couldn't have done it. Uh, you know, and Barry had some photos, Gary walks, uh, you know, he was the, uh, you know, the founder of Kings Island, uh, Dennis Spiegel, you know, a lot of those people had a lot of photos and things for him. So it wasn't like he couldn't have done it, uh, you know, without me or without, uh, you know, a lot of help from the park getting those photos. There was a lot of people that were involved in building Kings Island that, uh, you know, were able to help him out, but it, uh, there wasn't really, you know, everybody thought it was a great idea. So there weren't any stumbling blocks. The only thing that came about, there was a couple of pictures as we were going through the proofs that it couldn't be identified where that photo came from. 
you know, whose photo was that? You know, was it from Dennis Spiegel? Was it from Gary Walks? Was it John's photo? You know, was it something the park provided? So there was just a couple of those that, uh, you know, we had to look at and find out uh, the origination of those photos. I think some ACE members may know you or your name anyway, because you hold a pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know, is it, a, is it a world record for the racer? It was the world record for the most non-consecutive rides on the same roller coaster. And that was on the racer. I started that in 1981. And that's how I became introduced to ACE. Uh, Marlon Scott, longtime ACE member that a lot of uh, your listeners may may know. Uh, Kings Island was open till midnight. It was a Friday night type of thing in the middle of the summer. And uh, Marlon was in line in front of me uh, to ride the racer. And he had this black satin ACE jacket with the logo on the back. And you know, I was a little curious about that. And I said, so what's this all about? And Marlon was, you know, happy to to talk all about the club. So this is 1981. And, uh, you know, by the time uh, we got off the ride, I rode with them. You know, I was ready to sign up. Membership was just $10 back then. So that was my introduction to ACE. And through that, uh, you know, being a member of the club and doing what I did on the racer, I uh, was able to meet quite a few ACE members over the years. A lot of them have gone on to become lifelong uh, friends and just, uh, you know, it, to me, it's just amazing that, you know, ACE is celebrating its 45th anniversary, uh, this year. So, you know, club is only as good as its members and, you know, a lot of great people involved with the club. Definitely. So did your, uh, record make it into the book? There's a picture, a couple pictures of, uh, like my 3000th ride is in there and a couple other things about that. So it did make it in there. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of woven into the history of the park, you know, through what I did with the the racer there um, from 1981 to 90 is when I was riding it almost daily and uh, accrued over 10,000 rides at that time. And again, the record was for non-consecutive rides on the same roller coaster. That was what the, the park was uh, publicizing at the time. And do you happen to know what your count is today? I do. It is 12,072. 12,072. Wow. I think we're all, I think all of us coaster enthusiasts are pretty impressed by that. Yeah, um, but a no, lot of like 10,000 of it though came from 1981 to 1990. So it took me 10 years to get 10,000 rides and what, uh, we're talking 32 years to get another uh, 2,000 rides on it. That's right. It took me a long time to catch up to you, that's for sure. Yeah, but a lot of fun. And, and again, you know, just it was a great way for me to, uh, you know, become introduced to ACE get a chance to meet and, uh, you know, ride the racer, the beast and other rides with ACE members. And it's, it's really become a big part of my life is, is ACE and uh, a lot of the members becoming lifelong friends. I love it. Any other parting comments on the book? I think it's, it's an amazing book and uh, you guys have it right. You said right in your gift shop, correct? We do have in the gift shop that'll be available when the park opens. It's also available at the online store, which is kingsislandgear.com. So if you're a fan of, of Kings Island, uh, this is a must uh, have for you. I mean, it is, uh, like it's really going to rekindle a lot of memories for you. If you have been around uh, the park since 1972 as a fan, you're going to absolutely love it. And if you didn't, uh, you know, come around until the 90s or 2000s or just even a new fan of the park, you've certainly heard about a lot of the, the history of the park. And uh, so you're certainly going to want to have this book again, rekindles a lot of memories and also is it's just just a valuable resource that just show you the history of how this park came to be. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. You're welcome. Wow. John Keeter does sound like a huge Kings Island fan. It was so fun hearing about his trips when he was younger. And of course, the bat. And wow, Barry Hill trying to place 50 years of history into an organized photo journey. That sounds like so much work. 
Do you know that I have never seen King's Island? I know that's crazy. And after hearing about this book, I definitely have to get that on my park list. Is King's Island on your park list or do you get there all the time? Are you as concerned as Barry and John that some local park history is slipping away and feel inspired to write an article or jump into a huge project like they did? Well, we want to hear all about it from you. Reach out to us at podcast at aceonline.org and of course, find us and tag us on all the socials with all your Kings Island videos and pictures. We'll see you next time. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information and we will see you at the parks.